The following program is created for informational purposes only and does not constitute as medical advice. The views and opinions expressed on this program are those of the host. If you think you may have a medical emergency, consult your doctor. This is where the healing begins. This is Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne of Greenwood Family Chiropractic, where it's not only about neck and back pain, but a place for whole body wellness. Listen this hour as Dr. Leanne is here to share her wellness education to help you live a maximized life. For more information, visit GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. Here's Dr. Leanne. Good morning. You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter with Greenwood Family Chiropractic. 317-893-2853. 317-893-2853. Or you can always check us out online at greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. It's Greenwood Family Chiropractic. Initial exam and consultation is just $25. Today we are talking about natural ways to stop sugar cravings. I feel like I get this often in the practice, especially when we start to talk about nutrition, changing nutrition, thinking, okay, what, um, I, I don't know if I can do it because I have this like pull, this force that, that makes me want to just dive back into the sugar. And once you stop, you can't, I'm just going to have one or a slice or a piece or, and all of a sudden you've eaten the bag or the entirety and you're just like, I don't know how I got here. Um, so we're going to talk about sugar cravings, why your body responds the way it does to sugar. Cause they're actually, you know, it's not just the sugar and the sweetness itself, but it actually does affect the brain which is really interesting, um, but as well then how we can help with it. So know that you have questions and we have answers. So if you ever have any questions, I always encourage you to send them over, right? I'd love to be able to answer them on the air. You can just email us at info, I-N-F-O, at greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. It's long, very simple. Info at greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com chiropractic.com. So any questions, concerns, things that um, you want to know more about, just let us know. So before we get into sugar cravings, we've got some news. Dr. Leanne's Health News. Some studies suggest that too much sugar can literally mess with the brain. Health News now, one of the world's most commonly prescribed medications. Maybe Today, the average American consumes 22 teaspoons of sugar a day. Protesters say they just should not be forced to get this shot, not by the government. For today's health in the news, come from CNN. Poor sleep linked to dementia and early death, a study finds. So older adults who have significant difficulty sleeping or who experience frequent night awakenings are at a high risk for developing dementia or dying early from any cause, 
a new study finds. These results contribute to existing knowledge that sleep plays a very important role each and every night for reducing our longer-term risk of neural cognitive decline and all-cause mortality. Uh, this comes from the author, who is Rebecca Robbins, an instructor in medicine at Harvard Medical School who specializes in sleep research. The connection between sleep, dementia, and early death from any cause, so they consider that all-cause mortality, is especially worrisome due to the sleep habits of American and people around the world. So according to the World Sleep Society, sleep deprivation is threatening the health of up to 60, or 40, I'm sorry, up to 45% of the population. So depending on our age, we are supposed to get between 7 and 10 hours of sleep each night. The first time I read that, I was like, 10? <laughs> I have three little kids. 10 hours of sleep? Um, but one in three Americans don't get enough sleep, according to the uh, Center for Disease Control, CDC. In addition, 50 million to 70 million Americans struggle with sleep disorders, such as sleep apnea, insomnia, and restless leg syndrome. The CDC says that it's a public health problem because disrupted sleep is associated with a higher risk of conditions, including diabetes, strokes, cardiovascular disease, and dementia. So the study, which was published recently in the Journal of Sleep Research, analyzed data collected by the National Health and Aging Trends Study, which conducts annual in-person interviews with a nationally representative sample of about 6,400 Medicare beneficiaries. Data between 2011 and 2018 were examined for the study with the focus on people in the highest risk category. Those who said they had sleep issues most nights or almost every night. Self-reporting sleep difficulties by participants in the study were then compared to each participant's medical records. Um, because the study collected sleep uh, annual sleep data, the new study was able to follow the totality of sleep difficulties of each person over the entire eight years instead of just capturing a snapshot in time. This was the strength of the study because they could see not just uh, the snapshot, but the ebbs and flow over the year. Um, so they've, they said, we found a strong association between frequent difficulty falling asleep, and nighttime awakenings and dementia and early death from any cause, even after we controlled, uh, we put controls in place for things like depression, sex, income, education, uh, chronic conditions. People who had trouble falling asleep, this is actually really, these numbers are kind of scary. People who had problems falling asleep most nights had about a 44% increased risk of early death from any cause. Those who said they often woke up in the night and struggled to return to sleep had a somewhat higher risk, 56% increase uh, risk of early death from any cause. The risk for dementia was similar. Um, and the reason why in another study they found that um, healthy middle-aged adults who slept badly for just one night, one night, produce an abundance of beta amyloid plaques, which is one of the hallmarks for Alzheimer's disease. Um, beta amyloid plaque is like a sticky protein compound that disrupts communication between the brain cells, eventually killing the cells as it accumulates in the brain. So what to do? 
Uh, stop smoking, drink in moderation. If you drink at all, eat a well-balanced diet, exercise, stay mentally active, keep your blood pressure and cholesterol levels in check are an excellent way to keep the brain and bodies healthy. Also, experts call it sleep hygiene. So it is setting a bedtime routine. Yes, as an adult, which includes no TV, smartphones, or other blue light emitting devices at least one to two hours before bed, which I thought was interesting. Avoiding caffeine later in the day, avoiding alcohol for hours before bed, um, you know, cool bedroom. So if you live in Texas, you're out. Um, (laughs) But, you know, I, I think it's one, you have to go to bed early. This is one you have to set intentions because I fall victim to this as well, right? You've got a super busy day. You come home. You finally get the kids down. They're rustling around. And you just kind of want some minutes to just chill and relax. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, now I have to go to bed. <laughs> so, um, But it is one that turning off your overhead lights you know, the big lights, because your body, you have to think in the old days, you know, way back in the day when we didn't have the electrical component that we have now to like keep our lights on and our TV, your brain's design, when the sun goes down, this is where your, um, you know, you start to see the change in your melatonin. And so your body's like, okay, I'm going to unwind. This is time for me to go to sleep. But all of a sudden, we fast forward to now and we're on our phone, which is emitting blue light. We have our TV on emitting blue light, computers, blue light, all of these light sources, overhead lights. And our body's like, whoa, this is, we're like in the middle of the day. All of a sudden we lay down and we, we're like, why, why am I not falling asleep faster? Why, why am I overstimulated that your body can't just shut off? And so a lot of that has to do with the screen time that we have. So I went back to old school books, not books. You know, I have books on my phone. I was like, it's convenient. I have my books everywhere. But what I found is that even with changing the capacity of the filter of the blue light, that my brain still thought we were in the middle of the day. So I have a a little light by my bed and I have real books, ones that don't light up like actual real books. Remember those like pages that you turn with your hands, not swiping with your finger. Remember those? I have those. Um, so that's that's kind of where, you know, just take that time to unwind. Talk with your spouse, right? That's like a weird thing that I don't know if we do anymore. <laughs> like take that time, play a board game, right? Like all of these things that you're like, oh, what? Yes, but it, it's worth your mental health when you talk about dementia and early death of all causes. So sleep is important. Seven to 10 hours every single night. You may have to be a bit more intentional about that. Now, when we come back, we're going to talk about sugar, how it changes the brain. You won't want to miss it. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. We're online with life-changing results and success stories at GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. This is Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne of Greenwood Family Chiropractic. Here's Dr. Leanne. Glorious, glorious, got a chance to start again. I was born for this, born for this. It's who I am, I could forget. I made it through the darkest part of the night. And now I see the sunrise. Now Welcome back. 
You're listening to Dr. Leah Schluter. Greenwood Family Chiropractic, 317-893-2853. That's 317-893-2853. Or you can always check us out online at greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. That's greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. Initial exam and consultation is just $25. Now, today, we are talking about how to naturally manage sugar cravings, right? Like massive sugar cravings, how to stop them. Here's what's interesting, though, and why we have to touch before on how we're going to stop them. We have to realize why we have them. This is very interesting. Listen up. So when we talk about sugar, we just think like, oh my goodness, just the food that it's in just tastes delicious, right? And that's why I like it. But you realize there's other food that you like or taste delicious, but you don't necessarily have the cravings that you have for those foods or entrees like you have for sugar. And this is where we have to break down why. Sugar has an effect on your brain, okay? So when we talk about sugar, I remember watching, I'll never forget, and I actually looked up the research study too to find, because I couldn't remember where I had found it, Um, but the effect that sugar has on your brain. And it was a documentary, and the documentary talked about how they had mice and um in this cage they had um shock pads for these mice so basically um it would shock them every time they would eat and in this cage they had shock pads that had um, areas of sugar that they could eat and there were shock pads that had areas of cocaine (laughs) Like, like the drug cocaine that that could eat and when the mice would step up on the plate when it would eat it would shock them when it would eat it would shock them when it would eat it would shock them and eventually what happened was that the mice who were on the shock plate with the cocaine realized that it wasn't worth it and they got off But yet, the mice that were on the shock pads with sugar would eat and get shocked, and would eat and get shocked, and would eat and get shocked. (laughs) Like, you know, and it it just, I mean, it's not them zapping the mice, I guess, isn't really funny. But what's funny is that um, as humans, we're not much different. Maybe it's not like a physical shock, but it's one that we feel bad. We we know we shouldn't, right? But we still do. And so um, some of the like, um, there's a scientist from the University of Bordeaux in France. And um, he was the one who literally went through some of this and said, I was so surprised we discovered that sugar may be as addictive as cocaine. Like, uh, the research team discovered that intense sweetness is much more rewarding and probably more addictive than intravenous cocaine. 
So this is also one too, when you cut out sugar, why you don't feel good. So what happens when you consume sugar are a couple things inside of the body. Um, it's, it's this like, perpetual cycle of sugar addiction. So when you eat sugar, you like it, you crave it. What happens is, is that as you eat it, um, dopamine and serotonin are increased in your body. So dopamine more specifically are, is kind of like your happy, healthy mood regulator. And so dopamine increases and it's like this hit. It's like this drug, right? Like you feel really good. It's released in your brain. And this is what leads to more of the addictive aspect is because of the physical dopamine hit you get after you consume sugar. Um, massive insulin is increased, right? Because your blood sugar goes up. So your body increases insulin because too much insulin in the body could or too much sugar in the body could kill you. So insulin secreted and it drops your blood levels. So then your blood sugar levels rapidly fall. Um, so high insulin levels cause fat storage. Your body craves the lost sugar high. Then your blood sugar levels drop, which increases your appetite, and the cycle all continues. What was interesting as well, uh, so I was looking at even more research about dopamine, because it's it's one where sometimes we're just like, is this like a real thing that's happening? Um, and the answer is Yes. Because of when you eat the sugar, the taste of the sugar also releases um, endorphins, right? So it literally gives you this um, this sugar high, right? Like this absolute sugar high. Here was the other thing that I thought was really, really interesting. So there is an author, David Ludwig, who's the author of Ending the Food Fight. And his colleagues at Harvard uh, did a study. And they showed that foods with more sugar, foods that raise blood sugar, even more than table sugar, such as white flour, white potatoes, refined starches, um, they have what is called a high glycemic index. So what happens is, is when your blood glucose rises, it triggers a special region in your brain called the nucleus accumbens. That's known to be like ground zero for conventional addiction, like gambling or drug abuse. So part of the reason that 70% of Americans are overweight or one in two Americans have prediabetes or type 2 diabetes is not necessarily always gluttony, a lack of willpower, an absence of personal uh, responsibility. It's simply because it is biological addiction. Um, so here they have research to prove it. So they took 12 overweight or obese men who are aged 18 to 35 and they gave each a low sugar or a low glycemic index milkshake. So it was about 37%. Then four hours later, they measured the activity of the brain region, the nucleus accumbens that controls addiction. They also measured blood sugar and hunger levels. Then days later, they had the same 12 overweight or obese men back for another milkshake. 
but this time they switched the milkshakes. They were designed to taste the exact same and be the exact same in every other way, except for how much and how quickly it spiked their blood sugar. The second milkshake was designed to be high in sugar with a higher glycemic index, it was 84% versus the 37. The shakes had the exact same amount of calories, protein, fats, and carbohydrates. The participants didn't know which milkshakes they were getting, and their mouth couldn't tell the difference, but their brains could. Each participant received a brain scan and a test for glucose and insulin after each version of the milkshake. Without exception, they all had the same response. The high sugar, high glycemic index milkshake caused a spike in their blood sugar and insulin and an increase in reported hunger and cravings four hours after the milkshake. Remember, the milkshakes had the same exact calories, sweetness, texture, and macronutrient contents. So what the, what the big find of this was, was that when the higher glycemic milkshake was consumed, this portion of the brain lit up like a Christmas tree. So this pattern occurred in every single participant and was statistically significant. So experts say that it takes 28 days to detox from most addictive substances and refined carbohydrates such as white flour and white rice are no exception. So when you talk about this special center in the brain that lit up like a Christmas tree, so this portion, uh, the function of it is for um, neural interface between motivation and action, playing a key role on feeding, sexual, rewards, stress-related, drug, self-administration behaviors. So it's basically where the body processes and analyzes the rewarding and reinforcing stimuli. So it's literally lighting up your brain like a Christmas tree. All the reward centers, all of these things are from sugar, and, and again, when you look at this, things that turn into sugar. So when you feel like you say, hey, I've got, I got a sugar problem, you maybe do. And it's not just, again, a lack of will. It's physically affecting your endorphins in your brain. So when we return, we're going to talk more how to stop those sugar cravings, how to transition out of that negative loop next. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. We're online with life-changing results and success stories at GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. Hear full shows on the podcast link at freedom95.us. Here's Dr. Leanne. We've been talking about sugar, how it affects your brain, how it affects your body. More importantly, how do we control those sugar cravings? You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter with Greenwood Family Chiropractic. 317-893-2853, 317-893-2853, or schedule an appointment online, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. That's greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. Initial exam and consultation, just $25. Today, 
So we talked more about when you feel as if your body is shouting at you, give me sugar. It actually probably is. Sometimes we just say it's a, you know, this is just a will problem, will power problem. It's more of a tongue twister than I uh, anticipated. It's not just a will problem, power, will power problem. All right, I'm just going to stop there. Um, it actually is physical, right? I dare you try to say it. It's harder than you think. Um, so a couple things to address. Number one, first and foremost, that I see very, very often in the clinic is that um, people have gut issues, right? We've got gut issues. And so you have to address the underlying gut issues like what for example if you have small intestinal bacteria overgrowth um, if you have yeast or candida in your gut that thrives on sugar and so this is often whenever we do some more of the functional medicine testing and I look and I say you've got a sugar problem don't you and they say oh my gosh yes and it's awful and so much of that is literally the bacteria or the yeast in your body screaming, give me sugar, feed me. And your poor little brain is like, but I don't, I don't, I don't think I should. But it's like, it gets loud in there, right? So um, that is one of the things that we can see with more of our um, more functional medicine testing, it's it's really interesting to be able to see small intestinal bacteria overgrowth. And so some symptoms of small intestinal bacteria overgrowth would be um, loose stools, uh, IBS, so constipation, diarrhea, diarrhea, constipation. Uh, one kind of telltale sign of small intestinal bacteria growth are stinky farts. Like if you have uh, like rotten and sulfur-ish smelling uh, gas flatulence that you pass that oftentimes is sign of small intestinal bacteria overgrowth yeast or candida uh, some of the signs and symptoms oftentimes can be and this can be with small um, with SIBO as well small intestinal bacteria overgrowth with SIBO um, but you can have like bloating problems uh, discomfort or pain after you eat um, Another sign of yeast or candida would be chronic vaginal yeast infections. Uh, one thing that I always ask people is like, if you stick out your tongue, is there a white coating or cover on it? This is where I remember being, for me personally, I was in college and we like all stuck our tongue out for a picture. And I'm like, how does everyone get their tongue so pink? Because mine had this like white cover on it and it's because I had massive candida. So... That is something to look at because if you if you don't address that, we're going to say, hey, cut out the sugar, um, but you're not addressing some of that underlying problem. Another one too, this is also a very big one, is that a um, cause for sugar craving can be an HPA access dysfunction. Let's break it down. What does that mean? So... Um, so the HPA axis consists of your hypothalamus, your pituitary gland, and your adrenals, which are responsible for regulating stress. So the HPA axis, um, again, this is one where you can kind of go through um, questions to figure out if you're going through more adrenal fatigue. 
But the problem is, is when we're under chronic stress, when we eat a poor diet, when we are constantly in a poor emotional state for an extended amount of time, it leads to disruption in this HPA axis, which is also known as adrenal fatigue. It's problematic for a lot of reasons. The HPA axis is responsible for cortisol regulation, and cortisol is a key player when it comes to blood sugar balance. Right, So if the HPA axis dysfunction leads to chronically high or low cortisol levels, then blood sugar imbalance can result, which then results in cravings. Right, So there is also evidence that shows that chronically uh, elevated cortisol levels, again, cortisol is your stress hormone, can interfere with the reward centers of our brain and reinforce negative habits. So strengthening the HPA axis is a critical, can be, if it's, if you have dysfunction, can be a critical factor to stopping sugar cravings, right? So what are some signs and symptoms of adrenal fatigue? One, chronic stress. <laughs> Do you have chronic stress in your life? Um, but this is one that oftentimes is chronic stress can lead to depression or anxiety, um, brain fog, exhausted after exercise, overly emotional, frequently sick. I had a girlfriend who was going through severe adrenal fatigue and she had this chronic cough. They could never find out what it did, all these scans, but just had this chronic cough, which when we dug down a little bit further, traced back to adrenal fatigue. Um, Craving of salt, Salt craving. When I personally, again, went through some more adrenal fatigue, it was when I opened up my practice. I moved here. didn't know anyone. My husband was deployed um, in active firefights with special operations for the Marines. You know, I mean, it was a bit stressful. It was a bit stressful. I was doing really heavy workouts. I wasn't sleeping properly. This was like all before kids. Um, I mean, when I, when I tell you the amount of salt that I craved, like I would salt my salads. Like it's that I salted my oatmeal. (laughs) Uh, um, But another really um, indicative one too is kind of that wired and tired feeling like you're tired all day, but then you go to sleep and you either can't fall asleep or you fall asleep and then you're up. Um, Another one is lightheaded when standing up. Those are all signs of adrenal fatigue. There are actual tests that you can do. Again, it's one of the ones that we run more so in our office for that functional medicine to say, hey, if you're having these sugar cravings, right, what, what's the cause? Again, our goal at Greenwood Family Chiropractic is get to get back down to causation. What is causing? So cut out the sugar. Absolutely. But there might be some underlying problems of why this is happening to you. Not just your week when it comes to chocolate chip cookies and cake, <laughs> right? Um, so addressing adrenal fatigue, another one too, that, um, high, high levels of caffeine can burn out the adrenals, right? Cause it sends your body into this fight or flight mode because you shouldn't be consuming that high of amount of caffeine. So that's another thing to look at. So, um, when we look at, uh, do you have small intestinal bacteria overgrowth? Is there yeast or candida? Is there a possibility that you have adrenal fatigue that's causing, more of these problems and dysfunctions. Another one that I want to address too, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Maximize Your Life, I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter. 
Another um, aspect of sugar cravings that I want to address is emotional eating, right? Uh, This is one if you feel like your eating habits are driven by emotions or you become uh, or they overall are not as great during times of high stress. It's not uncommon. This is also one, you know, I think sometimes people think that I'm perfect. And so I share some of these personal stories with you to know that um, I have been there right? Like I have 100% been there. Uh, So when my husband deployed, I decided that I deserved pizza and cookie dough. I cooked the pizza. I got like a big tub of cookie dough with zero, zero intention of ever cooking it. (laughs) Um, And after like day two of eating the leftover pizza and the cookie dough, I'm like, Leanne, you, you have to stop. I felt so bad. So remember, dopamine is a neurotransmitter that's responsible for the reward systems in our brain. And it has a lot to do with our motivation to accomplish goals, make good decisions, control emotions. And so again, it's been shown that sugar consumption not only spikes blood sugar, but also causes a temporary spike in dopamine. This dopamine spiking effect of sugar can actually become addictive when trying to cut out sugar from the diet. So um, it means dopamine's broken. So dopamine uh, spiking effects of the sugar can actually become addictive when trying to cut out the sugar. When we encounter a dopamine deficit, that's what makes regulating our behaviors more difficult. So additionally, when blood sugar imbalances increase dopamine enzyme activity, This means that dopamine is broken down faster and at a higher amount and is needed more to stimulate the same amount of pleasure, right? It's just like any drug that you would take, right? You might take a little bit of that drug and it gives you that like buzz or high, but then you have to keep getting more of that drug in order to, to receive that same amount of dopamine hit or pleasure response. You have to do more. That same thing happens. So, you know, this is a little bit harder when you're like, okay, you have to evaluate one, what emotions are causing you to eat. The other thing that's really interesting is that um, throughout the day, setting small goals actually can increase some of those neurotransmitters, those dopamine response. So you might say, hey, I have A, B, and C that I want to accomplish today. I want to make sure that the dishwasher is unloaded. I want to make sure that I keep my kids alive and that I get to work on time. Boom, boom, boom. You check those off at the end of the day. You will actually, looking back on them, you have to set the goals. Notice, brain, you've achieved whatever, two or three goals that you set out for yourself today And those are going to be ones that will actually give you a dopamine response as well. You can give yourself some natural dopamine responses. Isn't that so nice? I thought so. Now that's one tip of natural approaches that you can start taking to stop sugar cravings. And we'll have more next. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. We're online with life-changing results and success stories at greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. This is Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne of Greenwood Family Chiropractic. For more information and to schedule an appointment, visit GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. I feel my heartbeat, hear my soul say, I'm alive. 
glad to be back with you. You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter with Greenwood Family Chiropractic. 317-893-2853. 317-893-2853. Or you can always schedule an appointment online. GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. That is GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. Initial exam and consultation is just $25. Today, we are talking about sugar cravings. Why you have the sugar cravings, some different underlying causes, like what a sugar, what sugar does to the brain and why we crave it, I should say. Uh, we were talking more about specific underlying causes, but two, um, these are just some things that we can address. Now, there's oftentimes in the office that people will ask me, <laughs> will ask me questions. Hey, Dr. Leanne, what do you think about this or that? And there are times that there are really clear, concise answers. And I'm very candid about those clear, concise answers. And there are other times that the answers are not, not so clear. And I'm very candid about those too. <laughs> And we come to the the conclusion of, you know what, um, let's try it. Let's see how it works. It might, uh, it might really, really help or it might not do anything, but it won't make it worse, right? So that's going to be my first one through here is that it is very common that sugar cravings are actually uh, dehydration. Thirst is, I cannot tell you how often times thirst is confused with hunger. So if you feel a sudden urge for a specific food, try drinking a large glass of water and wait a couple minutes and you might actually find that your headaches go away. So yes, when you're like, I really want some cookies, you're going to hear me, Dr. Leanne Schluter in your ear saying, just drink a big glass of water and wait a couple of minutes. And I'm not going to be your best friend. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be your best friend right there, but that's okay. It's okay. I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to make healthy people. Um, so, um, the other part too, that is very interesting is that not only can sugar cravings often be a result of dehydration, it can also be part of improper mineral balance. So we had um, talked a while back, but, you know, most of our minerals should come from our food. But there, you know, it's interesting to look at the physical research that's done with the mineral content that is in our food versus what it was 40 years ago. Because it is uh, anywhere from 40 to 60 percent mineral based of what it was before and that's just from you know crop cycling and so adding back in trace minerals here's where I like to get most of my trace minerals from is from either pink Himalayan sea salt or Celtic sea salt now don't get tricked because you're going to say sea salt but all salt comes from the sea the problem is that most of the salt that we consume, right, and we get fearful, we're so fearful, right? Oh, I've got blood pressure issues and this and that. When in reality, when you look at Celtic, pink Himalayan sea salt, those ones actually have a benefit. They can actually help balance blood pressure. So consuming 
adequate amounts of high quality salt. Again, Celtic, pink Himalayan. If Celtic looks dirty, it's beautiful. Pink Himalayan sea salt literally is pink. Um, but it can help maintain proper hydration by providing trace minerals and electrolytes, magnesium, sodium, potassium. Um, they also can help proper balance of stress hormones, which have a profound influence on your blood sugar. So drink a big glass of water, right? Because again, you know, your liver is what utilizes water for the process of converting glycogen into glucose for energy. So if you're dehydrated, um, then your ability to maintain a steady blood sugar decreases. Uh, the pink Himalayan, you can add a pinch to your food. You can um, uh, you can do like a little pinch into some warm water and drink it down that way. Pink Himalayan sea salt contains 84 essential minerals. So uh, drink water, have some salts. Crazy, right? Um, and that's one, again, where it might, that's one of those things you're like, was well, it going to help? And you're like, it might, sure might. But guess what? Even if you do it, if you drink a lot of water and you eat, add a little bit of salt, it's surely not going to make you worse. So those are, that's, uh, that's kind of my take on a lot of things. Another one too, because here's the, the low carb ketogenic style diet, right? That obviously is going to be one. Try to start cutting out some of the sugars. I mean, some people might have to go slower than others depending on how dependent your body is to that sugar, but higher fats and higher proteins. And that's really one, I think it doesn't necessarily have to be really strict, you know, less than 20 grams of, of uh, carbohydrates. But I will say that, um, you know, eating more protein Protein is what keeps you full for longer. So do fats. Um, one study of overweight teenage girls showed that eating a high-protein breakfast reduced cravings significantly throughout the day. Another study in overweight men showed that increasing protein intake to 25% of the calories reduced cravings by 60%. Additionally, the desire to snack at night was reduced by 15%. Right, so increasing your protein can help with um, decreasing that. So obviously, more of a ketogenic style diet is higher in fats and in protein. So that's another really great one, especially to um, when you look at um, like fish oil. Right, fish oil again is is a fat. So adding in high quality fish oil helps sugar craving by enhancing insulin sensitivity. Your body senses it more. It doesn't need to send it out as much. Um, so that's just a really better, more fats and more protein in your diets can help. And that's so when you add fats and proteins and less in the carbohydrates, that's going to stop. Stop putting in the things that give you the dopamine rush, right? Like I can try to say drink more water, but if you're still doing cocaine, you're still going to, you're still doing cocaine, right? Like, does that make sense? So you do have to cut out the sugar, <laughs> Because that's the source of the dopamine hit. Uh, there are some spices that you can always, or herbs that you can add in. Uh, one of the best is cinnamon. It's a warming herb. It is, um, it's been used for medicinal properties for thousands of years. Um, but they have found that cinnamon helps fight 
antioxidant damage as well as helps naturally stop sugar cravings. So numerous studies have shown that the um, polyphenols in cinnamon help reduce sugar cravings by controlling glucose levels. So it helps minimize insulin spikes that result after an unbalanced meal. So you can put cinnamon, like I put cinnamon in my coffee. Um, You can put them in your teas or smoothies. You can sprinkle on apple slices. You can stir it into yogurt. You can add it to um, roasted vegetables like sweet potatoes or um, butternut squash. So cinnamon is always a really, really great one. Uh, Clove. Clove is another one, another warming. You get this a lot over the holidays, which not to say any of us need extra help over the holidays with our blood sugar. Cough, cough. Uh, You made a thousand cookies with your friend. Yep. Uh, But they found that consuming clove can help stop sugar cravings. So there was a study that they did in 30 type 2 diabetics, and they were given um, capsules containing 0, 1, 2, or 3 grams of clove each day for a month to observe their serum glucose level. It was found that the glucose dropped from 225 to 150 milliliters per deciliter. Um, There was a significant drop in triglycerides, total cholesterol, and LDLs. Researchers found the study suggested that consuming one to three grams of cloves per day is a benefit for type 2 diabetes to better manage their glucose and total cholesterol. You can also get it in teas. Chai tea is especially known for having that. Um, You can add it to sauces, stews, marinades. But then too, I mean, if you're looking to reduce stress, which would be like your HPA axis, your adrenals, I would say for that, what we have in the office is like ashwagandha and rhodiola two of my favorites um reishi mushrooms and cordyceps also very good um decreased caffeine consumption also helps with stress doesn't sound like it but i'm promising you also from a sweet component you can do more natural based ones that aren't going to be as high so stevia and monk fruit sweetener you can grow stevia. So like say you have a smoothie and you're like, gosh, I really want to sweeten it up a little bit. You literally can throw a leaf of stevia in there, right? I think sometimes people think that they're artificial sweeteners, which again, I would highly, highly recommend avoiding. But um, going to natural sweeteners might be able to help too. So, um, so some action steps, right? So action steps, drink more water, reevaluate diet. You know, one thing that helps with um, natural blood sugar as well is um, just getting your heart rate up. Like you literally can just do air squats. Um, It doesn't have to be, you know, starting a whole CrossFit workout. Go for a walk that you intentionally um, do like a HIIT training. So you do like a a mall walk, like the power walk for 20 seconds and bring it back down. That's going to help more naturally manage those blood sugar levels because when you go into this like dive, this deep dive of blood sugar, you get hangry. Your brain is like, I need more drugs. Your drug of choice is just sugar. So, so hopefully you've got some action steps to be able to take moving forward. If you want to know more information about the office, more functional medicine testing, you can always give us a call 317-893-2853 or check us out online, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. 
Initial exam and consultations is $25. Thanks so much for tuning in. Look forward to next week. Always remember that your power is on. Thank you.